0: To Forever canon, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast where we talk about the entire first book of a huge oh. new journey, the new Jedi Order, Vector Prime. Pay no attention to the struggles behind the curtain. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week, we definitely said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the
1: it's like, hey, we remembered. In the right location.
0: And... Not only that, we're going to break down the first book of the New Jedi Order, Vector Prime, by R.A. Salvatore, from beginning to end in a vague sort of way. Because you know what we just did? Covered it in depth <laughs> week by week. So, previously, bum bum bum, on the Forever Canon. We finished the book called <laughs> Vector Prime. <Pratt. laughs> and it was a pretty fast and slick and wild ending. It was it, chaotic. It, that's, a, that's a good summation of all the things I just said with too many words. <laughs> it was, though. It was crazy. It was a crazy ending. You know what I recommend? Get this book. If you're just listening, have you read this? Maybe you haven't. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you're listening every week, and you're like, "Oh, I don't know." Or maybe you're never listening every week. Maybe you're listening just one time, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know. "What? Is, what? Is, what is all this?" What is all possible. this dead technology of the Legends era, where we can't even line up iconography on the spine of the book in a symmetrical <laughs> way? Oh my God! We'll get to that. Not even close across the entire series, and this uh, is all rebranded. Least, anyways. This week, we start paper shuffling with the galactic overview, where we talk about where we started, went, and finished, kind of in the broad strokes of the whole galaxy. And story. Done, done, done. Great description. I'm saying done, done, done too much. Here's That's what's fun. up. The new republic is vast. A new government. Trying to cover too much area, with political and military resources centralized near the galactic core, out on the edge of the very galaxy, away from the eyes of the New Republic, an alien ship penetrates the boundaries of known space. An unknown, extragalactic species has entered the Helska system and established a foothold for mounting an invasion. The Yuzhan Vong have arrived. After a strange man incites a civil war, the Solo and Skywalker families need a vacation. Heading to visit their old friend for rest and relaxation out at Lando's bumper car asteroid belt. Instead, they uncover this burgeoning conspiracy of extra-galactic invaders. Connecting the dots from Cern to Belkadan and Halska The Solo Walker family and the New Republic are able to thwart these strange aliens and their overpowering living technology, stopping these oncoming conquerors at the edge of the known galaxy. Seemingly. For now.
1: They seem confident.
0: The next book is called Onslaught. (laughs) Bodes well, but for now, things seem to be fine. The New Republic is sweeping up the remnants of the Yuuzhan Vong out in that system near the edge of the galaxy, and we carry on. Anything major that I missed? Anything you want to add? No, anything pretty,
1: important? You're pretty good, succinct. I like that. It's the... Usually
0: pretty well researched. Yeah, well, <laughs> I go through yeah. my sixteen or so pages of handwritten notes single spaced and and uncover the plot from top to bottom
1: yeah no no double spacing around here no and I like <laughs>
0: <laughs> only for paragraph breaks
1: yeah no this is this isn't university classes no
0: we do for real we do this old school mm-hmm. by hand pen and pencil and paper excuse me oh, sorry I'm a pen you do guy pen? right I do all right we've got all the bases covered anyways <laughs> I think we got it all right yeah listen guys oof. I'm going to say it. Tim scared the literal (laughs) butt off my dog when he came (laughs) into my house. And so my back room smells like an anal gland right now, apparently. (laughs) Just slightly. But there's just like this sour tinge in the air. This is the content you... uh, (laughs) you, you
1: you, Hey, you you click download and
0: I get to say whatever I want. (laughs) Welcome to Forever Canon. viewers (laughs) dropping right now. Let's continue talking about the book because I think you're right. Let's cover our main characters. Where did they start? Where did they go? Where did they end up starting with Han and Leia Solo featuring Chewbacca. AKA the perfect team that can never be killed.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
0: As at least the first 66% of the book would lead you to believe. Where we start with Leia Solo uh, on the Jade Saber with Mara, Luke's wife, her sister-in-law, and her daughter, 16-year-old Jaina Solo, who's flying the ship. And she's being cool, and she's learning, she's growing into herself, and Leia is feeling this bittersweet melancholy over mm-hmm. Jaina's growth and new strength and burgeoning young adulthood as as, as you do with the, the old cast is becoming old yeah han and chewie speaking of old <laughs> <laughs> are fighting with anakin solo the youngest son of the solo family what? why why did I reiterate that extra bit (laughs) they're fighting about the damage that he's done to the Falcon on the way back home here and we kind of get contrasted character intros between Leia being appreciative and and like this bittersweet love of how well her daughter is thriving and then we get the overbearing overcritical dad who's like you messed up my car (laughs) yeah to be fair he did yeah it's a spaceship man how many thousands upon thousands of credits do you think it costs just because we're millionaires k doesn't mean that we can afford for you to wreck our spaceship every time we're coming back home just because you wanted to fly cool this is a classic it is it
1: really is
0: and so is the trope Mm -hmm. like
1: yeah, no, I've been in trouble for the same thing. <laughs>
0: Your dad being a mechanic, specifically. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt that any of that. But, you know, we get a different perspective of both of these characters in the intro, which is, you know, love and acceptance and frustration and blame. Mm-hmm. And then we move forward through the story. Leia goes to meet somebody named Naminor and... That's the first interaction any of the characters, our main characters, have with the Yuuzhan Vong. He's a secret bad guy, wink, and he's also very rude. Han suggests a family vacation after this series of meetings, and Chewbacca chokes Anakin. (laughs) Really needs a vacation. (laughs) So they all head out to Lando's asteroid belt, where Leia gets to show some compassion for her sister Mara. And her illness that she's suffering from. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you can ever have potential kids and all kinds of girl power stuff that really rocked in those chapters. Yeah. For 1999 especially. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it maybe the bare minimum? Is it maybe obviously still too late by 1999? Yes. But (laughs) is it there? Luckily. Yeah. It could not be there just as easily. And that would be suck. But instead... (laughs) It's there being cool.
1: Yeah, they could have just fast-forwarded right to the asteroid belt. None yeah. of that happened. And so while like
0: they're having like bonding uh, female protagonist moments, Han and Chewbacca are intimidating a guy at a bar for information. Still contrasting them real hard. Yeah. Right? Like She's getting all the soft, gentle moments, which uh, maybe that's sexist. And they're getting the, all of the angry intimidating moments, which again, may be sexist, right? But also kind of true to their characters. Although here we go. How far are we in? 10 minutes. Tangent tangent time. Yeah. That's a new thing. Maybe I'll announce that every time I'm about to go. Absolutely off script. I like topic. I like it. I put my thumb somewhere that I can continue reading in a minute. Perfect. But here's something I read recently. Okay. That is tell that said Luke is Padme's son. And Leia is Anakin's daughter. Leia is the outspoken, forceful, angry, do something about something, go on an adventure, become a a rebel, a citizen of the Republic, a, 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 what's the word, politician? Mm -hmm. She's the do something about something person, which is all Anakin and Padme, I guess, but she was a queen, but she's all angry about it, right? If you think about Leia in the first uh, movie that we see, Episode Four, mm-hmm. she's all like, "Why did you come here and save me? What the hell's wrong with all of you guys?" She's like very, like pointedly aggressive. Yeah, even in the face of Darth Vader, even in the face of Grand Moff Tarkin, right? Whereas Luke is the diplomatic one. Mm-hmm. which that comes more from, like, the, uh, the heritage of Padme, their mother. Yeah. Where <clears throat> she's willing to come to an agreement on any dispute rather than scream and fight and point fingers. Luke Skywalker will stand in front of the two scariest men in the entire galaxy and say, no, I am a Jedi like my father before me, and I'll save you, and then you'll pay the price, and everything's cool for ten or so years. For a minute and a half. Yeah,
1: he's very calm about a lot of things. Anyways,
0: I read that recently. And then I thought about how that reflects backwards again, another generation, not backwards, forwards, again, another generation to Jason and Jaina, brother and sister, twins. And how much Jaina is like Han Mm -hmm. and Leia is Jason. Yeah. The hot-headed, philosophical, like, I, I, I was I, process this if you're into this as much as I am, people, but that was two and a half minutes for you to, th- start a seed to think on your own, man, not you, but like anyone. Well, me, I. This oh is the first my time god, that. I had never thought of it until it was proposed to me on the internet, maybe on Twitter, maybe on YouTube somewhere, I don't remember, but. Just as uh, not, you know, they're not exclusively showing traits of one parent or another, but Mm. more dominantly. Yeah. Right? Interesting stuff. And then you see that reflected again in these kids. And we'll get to those kids. But right now we're talking about their parents. Mm -hmm. Parents. Han and Chewbacca get teased into bumper cars. (laughs) Everybody else at Lando's place has gone and done the thing. Why will not you two? historic heroes go fly my super safe ship in an asteroid belt, but they didn't want to. And then everybody says, yeah, man, Lando, not everybody. Lando goes, eh, why don't you? Yeah. These go, two guys
1: did it. Well, why won't you do it? Yeah.
0: These rivals of yours that are smugglers and you guys aren't smugglers anymore, but you know,
1: yeah. And in in my head, I'm looking, I'm thinking to the cockpit and of this like two person bomber. Yeah. Tie bomber. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so, there's the rhodian and whatever, two little species, and then a wookiee. It's a little different.
0: Not even but... just a wookiee, but like a, a 300-year-old wookiee and an 80-year-old man. 70, 60-year-old man. Yeah. Like, nah. But you know what? We can't be talked down to, so we're going to go do it. Yep. And then it, it lands them in a bad spot. Literally, on the backside of an asteroid. Ego. Uh, here's the moral. Your machismo is going to lead to suffering. More on that later. Leia, meanwhile, sits the story out as Han, Chewbacca, and Anakin head to Cernpedal. What what was she doing back there on Lando's ship out at Debrillian and Dostrilia? Hanging out. They all went on this heroic mission. Her, Jaina, Jason, just chilling. (laughs) And then everything happens <laughs> at certain pedal where the book, the entire time has been building up the Han and Chewbacca team mm-hmm. large to apparently tear them apart with Chewbacca's death as a moon comes crashing into this planet and he stands there and Woo! screams at it. That's probably bad for the dog situation, but he dies a hero's death. Yes, and suddenly this is all we get to talk about Chewbacca.
1: Yeah, he's That's, I. He's in the first. I forgot half of the book. this
0: happened in the first. Yeah. Bunch of the first book. Yeah, and I've I've read the series before. You've read a few. Yep, a and,
1: handful. And for some reason, even I thought it was.
0: I thought it was three, like, four. Yeah, I like was, I thought we had some time to sit in it, and really like come to you know bond with these characters even more Mm -hmm. than we already have through the movies and stuff like that but i'm not saying it's not done well or it's not paid off and like serve its purpose yes i just in my memory forgot that it happened right away in this 19 book (laughs) series yeah chewbacca's dead like two-thirds of the way through this book man
1: is a is a bold choice for the for the first book but it does point out how dangerous this new enemy is. Yeah, it can kill a main any one character. of the main
0: cast is is up for grabs now. Yep, because that's how dangerous this alien from another galaxy is. Yeah, you're exactly right. He gets a hero's death, and we all get this dark grief. Yeah, yeah. And then hopefully, maybe at some point, acceptance arc for Han Solo, who starts off blaming his son Anakin. For his best friend's death. Heavy. Mm-hmm. You left him, quote, three times. Mm-hmm. Says that to a 15 year old. Yeah. Whose uncle just died. <laughs> At his choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not 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 really much choice in the matter, but uh still. I, I can I understand it from that we brought this up during the Mm -hmm. The episode. Yeah, but when we covered it. How Han had no one else to blame, Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to blame his dead friend for staying behind.
0: He just had sort of one outlet for all of his frustration Mm -hmm. and anger and hurt. Really sucked that it was his kid. That kid was there, and sorry about your luck. You're about to (laughs) suck brick, kid. (laughs) If I can quote Home Alone 2. (laughs) Just real quick there. He says you left him. Three times. That hurt me. Mm -hmm. But we got to be heroes again. As we're leaving Cern there's a whole convoy of ships that have escaped the planet thanks to their help. And their ship is full of refugees. So Han and Anakin have to save all these ships from Yuzhan Vong bugs that come flying through hyperspace with Kip Durin. Just a few short minutes after Chewbacca's death. Yeah. Maybe a hint to us that there's hope to just move on. We're going to carry forward and it's going to be okay. The two of them have to work together and Mm. stuff.
1: Yeah. Life goes on. The story continues.
0: Yeah. Next sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, that's every book though, right? That is how you write. You can't spend 30 pages of dwelling on a grief and a death unless... You have a very small cast of characters and it's very integral to one character's arc and story Mm -hmm. or the plot or whatever. But 99 out of a hundred books, you're going to kill a character and then the next chapter has to start. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the show must go on. Uh, There's more
1: story to be told. An interesting thing that they could have done was just, Put like two or three just blank pages in there as like a take a moment to reflect yeah. and then move to the next chapter? Yeah. I don't know. That's a waste of it But it's trees. also,
0: you know, we're emphasizing that threat again. Yeah. It was a threat big enough to smash a moon into your best friend. And here comes more.
1: Yeah. It, it, people it's are not still stopping. in danger. That yeah. wasn't
0: the end. It's still happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These Yuzhan Vong are scary. After certain put all, we head to Debrillian, where we get attacked again by Yuzhan Vong. And Han and Leia in the co pilot seat rescue Anakin to give us some more hope. Where Leia sees through Anakin's eyes. He's lost after, after the battle in asteroids. We'll get to that. But he looks out at space and sees the stars, and through the force. His mom can see the stars through his eyes and then like a GPS somehow just knows all the constellations of the entire galaxy mm-hmm. from any perspective and yeah. can locate him. Yeah, she might have had to look it up on a map, but
1: what what I think maybe I, I was possibly. thinking I was thinking about it, um maybe it's like because it's a remnant of the technique he had just used, it's still kinda like
0: like, he's still open to be joined?
1: Yeah. Maybe. Interesting. That's it, interesting. It is his family. It's his mom.
0: Because you know what? That makes more sense than it being a thing that she can do. Yeah. Because, you know, she's not as well. Leia's not as well trained of a Jedi, and she's not as strong in the Force, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, she's a diplomat. But she's... that is an interesting perspective, and I liked that a lot. it's yeah, the only Anakin's thing I can think of. just, you know, he's a, a better conduit right now. Yeah. More receptive. That's pretty cool, dude. Now, after Leia does that, we kind of fly from here to the end of the book. <laughs> it's quick. I mean, literally, actually, there's lots of heroic flying and fighting all the Ujian Vong before we reach the end, which is a eulogy for Chewbacca, where we cry and cry. Mm-hmm. And Han Solo says, I don't feel safe. I feel like anyone can die anytime. I feel like our plot armor has been removed. Wow. And, like, as the reader, damn. Yeah. Like, that's fucked. It's just all of a sudden Chewbacca's dead. He's died. He's got smashed by a moon. It's just, it's over, dog. No nope. pun intended. No. <laughs> ah. Disrespectful. Leia. Throughout the book is accepting her children's changing roles, her changing roles, right? All while this new threat is being discovered. Meanwhile, Han is already frustration and blame. And then he gets thrown into this impossible grief hole that just amplifies everything to 11. Mm -hmm. And what is he supposed to do? His best friend Chewbacca has been killed. By a moon. Yeah, been his best friend for like 40 years. And there's no time to sit and grieve and, and focus on it because they're still attacking us. Yeah. Until the end of the book where we blow them up with our best friend's special ships. That somehow heat up the ice nugget enough to explode <laughs> from the inside. Anyways. What were your favorite moments of Han and Leia and Chewbacca? Rest in peace.
1: I like the interactions that Han has with Anakin and and Chewie and the the family dynamic that they have at the be at, in this book. I really appreciate it. In the early
0: parts, you mean, before Chewbacca's killed? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and before Han starts blaming people for Chewie's death.
0: All that family time at the beginning is nice because it's the last we're going to get of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They set us all up Real bad, didn't they? Yeah, it makes
1: that that moment so much more impactful. Let's enjoy
0: even like its bickering and bantering and its family drama that does, it's holds no seriousness. The Falcon will be repaired; it's fine. But then we come to the point where now we've sacrificed one of the one of these family members, and man, like. Some of those early moments were really good. I think my favorite moments... I, I put one for, like, I think every character. No, I didn't. Anytime. Leia and Han are watching Jaina fly, they might have <laughs> said four or five times, what a pilot. Yeah, like, damn, she can fly. Damn, she can fly. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Exactly. That's all fun. There was a point where Chewbacca put a guy in a closet. That was great. <laughs> he Hung did. him up like a like a suit. This so is in the
1: political building too. I mean, his death
0: was amazing. Yeah. Like he dies throwing Han Solo his son.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't have want if he it, had to Han die. Han Solo's son. He yeah. would if he had to die, he wouldn't want it to go.
0: Could there be a better way to die? If you have to be resigned to that.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Oh, and then honestly, like the ep- the episode, the chapter of Han's eulogy. It's titled eulogy. Mm-hmm. The epilogue where we go back to Cern and look at the mess and just think about our friend who's gone. That whole chapter is an excellent moment, man. They really killed Chewbacca, which is. About as bold as you can get without getting too bold. Yeah. 3PO could have got thrown in a pit and smashed to death. Same with R2. Those would have been bold choices, but on a lower level. Yeah. It's about as serious as you can get without crossing any major, major lines in the first book. But like Han Solo tells us at the end, it can happen to anyone next And there's another book coming out, right? Yeah. I wonder if he could have
1: achieved kind of the same effect if he had killed Lando, who's been part of the group for 40 years, too.
0: No, because he's a traitor. (laughs) Chewbacca is the most loyalist, most bestest of friendest. Like, you can't out him. He's the mostest.
1: We're going to have to read the Han Solo trilogy
0: at some point. Yeah, I know. Okay, sure. I know you have secret information about books that I haven't read. It's, it's great. Maybe those will be the ones. Okay, you know what we've talked about before? It's like after we finish this era and this series and then the, the bugs and then wrap up, clean up the the miscellaneous four or five books that there are, right? Mm-hmm. Cross Current and Riptide and X-Wing Mercy Kill and Crucible. I think I said all of them off the top of my head. There might be one other one hidden in there. But what if then we just go to books that you know? We talked about going all the way back to the beginning, start with the very first books. Those would be be books that we both know. I've read the Darth Bane books. You've read them more than me (laughs) and know them better than I do, which will be... We're hitting transition points in the next five years (laughs) in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But for now, it's all me. All the time. Oh my God, what if you run the episodes where you know the shit better? No. Nah. Sorry, I don't trust you. No, I don't trust you either. <laughs> no, uh, that's not even actually the real point, but I'm just, I, I need to talk more. It's in my DNA. What were we originally talking about here? Do I need to hit the marker? What are no, we saying? No, Chewie's
1: eulogy and all that was We are
0: done with these characters, great. that's yeah. right. Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to say, and I didn't want to forget it, and guess what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was right when you started talking, that almost interrupted you, but then yeah. I didn't. Yeah, and you'd... then I saw it. You and... saw my face move, eh?
1: Yeah, and then I was going to go for it. <laughs>
0: there was something I was going to stop,
1: but uh... there
0: was a hot, hot nugget there.
1: Maybe it'll come back to you before the end. Not and likely. Right in the middle of a character review, you'll be like, oh, I remember.
0: Speaking of which, our second character review is going to fall to Luke and Mara Jade Skywalker. Nicknamed Sleepy and Sickly. <laughs> our two favorite. I like that. Snow White's dwarves. <laughs> Now, The Sleepy Joke isn't necessarily for this book. No. That's, go back and listen to 150 other episodes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> my God, this guy. Oh, uh, Seriously, I can't believe the amount of time that he's like, I woke up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly, I was awake. <laughs> In a dream, this thing happened. It, it, it really wasn't an inordinate amount of times. In but... a dream,
0: where a dark presence did a dark thing. Darkly. <laughs> on Mandalore with the Mandalore <laughs> of Mandalore oh okay okay okay, okay 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 let's focus sleepy and sickly it's so late it's already like 11 o'clock we've done ha- It's okay it's 1035 and we've done about half this podcast and we're already two days late and that's my fault and then it's also your fault <laughs> yeah. but it's also not I was tired yesterday too Ah. <laughs> That's why we're doing a big blitz on Sunday. And we'll see you guys in a month. You'll hear us every week. I ain't going to talk to you for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Not you, Tim. Yeah. You have a podcast. Well, I'm not. (laughs) We're still going to be playing D and I'm going to text you too many times a day. But (laughs) let's move on. Sleepy and sickly. Luke and Mara Jade Skywalker. We start at the beginning where Mara is revealed to be Jaina Solo's master. Mm Mm-hmm. She is in charge of the forced growth of her family's only daughter. Yeah. that There's two boys, one girl. And it's all nieces and nephews to Luke and Mara. But she's the master. And she must be a pretty great teacher. Because Jane is just awesome mm-hmm. throughout the entire book. But especially in the beginning where she's like blowing her mom's mind and stuff like that. Right? Like we already talked
1: about. Her way of training and teaching fits perfectly with Jaina, where it's like, figure it out. Surprise. Do the cool thing.
0: (laughs) Hey, surprise. You lost. Figure it out. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is just, you know, spontaneous and directively, directly challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. She must be a good teacher and she must also be very sick (laughs) because we can't just have her be powerful. We have to like, Narratively hinder her power in some way, right? We have to ha- handicap. Is that inappropriate to say? We have to hinder. That's but a, that's a, that's the perfect word. Mm-hmm. Never mind. We have to hinder this powerful character in some way. So she's deathly ill with some sort of unknown sickness. We can't figure out what it is. Everyone else who has it is already long dead. Yeah, but her with the force, magic power of the universe, she can stay alive Yeah, she, from what i
1: gathered she's like constantly drawing in the force to heal herself mm-hmm. or to just like put up barriers or whatever
0: yeah she's posted as much in a position of strength as the master as she is posted or pointed to as a, in a position of weakness with her illness mm-hmm. and then luke skywalker shows up and he's going to a meeting with the new republic council the highest positions of power And he's got to get these dangerous Jedi under control. I don't know if you've ever heard that in every single book series I've covered so far. (laughs) Uh, Maybe a Jedi council, he thinks. But here he is in a position of power with the outside world. Mm -hmm. And then in his master-student relationship, well, Luke is Jason Solo's master. And they don't agree on having a council, and they don't agree on politicians telling them what to do and they don't agree on much. A bit of a contrast to his wife, right? Mm -hmm. Just like we got a contrast between Han and Leia. We're seeing these characters presented for the first time separately. Yeah. We're not seeing Han and Leia together. We're not seeing Luke and Mara together. We're seeing them actually with their much more important relationships, which is the warriors that they're training. Yeah. Because that's going to uh, matter really soon. <laughs> Mara has to fight her illness in her sleep at one point during one of the trips to protect her womb. Yeah, I'm making all these jittery hand movements and body <laughs> movements nobody can see. But it's like, working for me. There's some kind of crazy dream happening and her illness is getting worse. And she has to actively, thoughtfully fight it in her sleep to protect the integrity of her childbearing potential. Yeah. Which then she talks to lay about and that becomes a whole thing, right? It draws out the whole question of, can I have kids? Will my kids have this weird illness and it's obviously, you know, a real word world, (laughs) real word reflection of a, a whole host of genetic and, and, and whatever have you illnesses that people are worried about. Is my kid going to have this? Can I even have kids? Mm -hmm. It's just a very relatable thing as a human being. Mm -hmm. And interesting, you know... Okay, these Star Wars books aren't adult fiction. No. They're young adult fiction. As you can tell by the main heroes being 16 years old. Yeah. Right? Their parents are all here, but the parents are also... We met them all when they were sixteen, so they're cool still. Mm-hmm. They're grandfathered in, not to be too on the nose, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know what my original point was, man. I'm gonna need you to help me stay yeah. on the rails here. Yeah
1: the the young adult fiction point. Right.
0: It's 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 not adult fiction, which is going to be like more heavily layered with you know nuance and complication and and conflict of moral and uh, like political
1: and ethical type deal yeah yeah
0: but but this is a flavor that's not normally present I finally got back there this is this is mara worrying about her childbearing capabilities while being maybe a sexist trope here we're being presented to this this uh, this very powerful warrior is being presented to us, and the first kind of things that she cares about is, like, babies, mm-hmm. which is, you know, probably, you know, a lot of feminist people would be like, that's not the way, that can be a thing, because it's relatable and universal, it cross-genders, mm-hmm. but, like, don't present her that way at the very beginning, and I'm getting way off track again, tangent tra- <laughs> track, tangent time. But like, that's what's presented to us. This, this strong warrior, she's ill and she's worried about, can I have a baby now? If at some point it's 19 books, Mm -hmm. if at some point having a baby becomes an actual story, then this is all cool. This is all cool foreshadowing and not. Sexist focus on the, a thing that a woman maybe wouldn't be focused on if she's dying. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. The first thought isn't, "Can I have a baby?" Maybe yeah. the first thought is, "Am I gonna be alive? Can I keep myself alive?" <laughs> like, yeah, which I guess it is. But and the only thing
1: I can think of at is. Because she's so connected to the forest, and she, right now she's extremely she's so she's connected she's to her body, very vulnerable with the like, healing yes. that she's doing,
0: dude. You're making an excellent point. I'm interrupting. <laughs> Sorry,
1: maybe so like her, she is already pregnant and she just doesn't know it.
0: Whoa, whoa, I didn't think that's where you were going, and I didn't think that at all. And it's just the force in her body is saying, hey, protect. And maybe that's why the illness is attacking her womb. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's engineered to stop these magic people from making more magic people. Yeah. Stop the procreation. Yeah. Maybe that's why in a dream Mm -hmm. that was her focus. But also, I thought you were going in the direction of she's been uh, consciously focusing her energy on fighting this illness inside her body maybe she's just so super attuned to her own body right now just from the constancy of paying attention to the same thing over and over mm-hmm. like, that that she's then able to notice like the minutia of where the thing is moving within her body and so like, that's that's also really cool that's whew, we've we've awakened two different <laughs> levels of different things here and this is always my favorite thing in the review thing man is where Okay, when we read four chapters at a time, we might read a, a tenth of this story, mm-hmm. of Leia being Leia, of Mara being sick. We might read one tenth of that every week, if every week. Mm-hmm. But to sit here and talk about the whole thing in an encompassing way that we've we've already finished it, we've already talked about it in minutia. Let's now look at the broader strokes of what is happening and what does it or could it mean? Yeah. Interesting, man. Yeah. You went a total different direction I didn't even think of. And for again, for a YA novel, yeah. She better be pregnant off screen. So <laughs> I tell you what. Propane propane. <laughs> but yeah, man. Skywalker baby. That would be such a benefit to these stories. My God. Most of Luke and Mara revolves around the interaction between the two of them and the way that they, they're maintaining their relationship and their, their marriage over this illness. It's a challenge for both of them. Yeah. Luke missteps a bunch of times and, and he you know tries to coddle his wife and he tries to protect her from extraneous activity. And she, you know, gets right rightfully upset about that. Yeah, I don't need to be protected. I'm well enough aware of my own body. Yeah. Like we just talked about.
1: If I can't do it, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'll tell you when I need to sit down. And, but then, over the course of the books, over the course of the books, over the course of the book, over the course of the chapters, she keeps like fainting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she keeps like not stepping away when she should be stepping away yeah. because it's 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 extreme danger time
1: yeah her body can't necessarily handle the stresses that she thinks it can
0: but it's got to do the job anyways but that's their kind of their whole the focus on their whole relationship throughout the book is like how the two of them are a team first and foremost that understands each other and works together together to solve problems. Yeah. They're like a really great example of a married couple. Mm-hmm. They're both equally powerful. Okay. Not maybe literally nobody's nobody equals Luke Skywalker. Not even his twin sister. Yeah. You know, sorry. Sorry <laughs> to tell you, lady, you didn't train with the frog in the, the swamp. So <laughs> sucks to suck, but Hey, <laughs> not a cool way to save one of my characters. But nobody, nobody can match that guy, but the two of these people uh, treat each other like they're on the same level, and they work together as a team, and they worry about each other in reasonable ways. And as a first book, mm-hmm. it builds a nice relationship between the two of them. Yeah. They care about each other, they worry about each other, but they also check each other in place when they need to.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's very Thoughtfully. big. Thoughtfully. It's very big into... I care about you and I'll tell you what I think, but in risk, there's a big level of respect between the two as well. And not even
0: just respect in the words I'm going to choose respect in the way that I know you're going to think about what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like levels of thoughtfulness. Yeah. And shouldn't that be the grandmaster of the Jedi?
1: Yeah, that's exactly. I uh,
0: just saying that out loud now. Like what? a <laughs> Well, yeah. <obviously>. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dang. (laughs) Obviously, you know, they're going to have their ups and downs, I'm sure, like any relationship. But here he is being a paragon of like the epitome of, okay, too many many exemplary words of a good relationship. Yeah. (laughs) The paragon of an epitome of (laughs) (laughs) too drunk, too late, too tired. And at Belkadan, Mara feels weaker in the green storm. She gets close to the Yuzhan Vong stuff. She feels worser. But she still manages to defeat Carr, a Yuzhan Vong warrior who's been murdering scientists all over this place, in hand-to-hand combat. She's still badass, even if she's sick. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nearly unstoppable. That was a good fight between the two of them. I recommend you go check out episode... <clears throat> insert. <clears throat> no, I'm not going to. Go check it out. Yeah. Go read the book. Honestly, read the books, man.
1: They're so good. It
0: takes us forever to read them on the podcast, but it's 400, 300 pages of young adult fiction. You can read it in an afternoon. (laughs) Just have fun. Yeah. Read four chapters at a time. It'll take you 25 minutes and you can (laughs) spread that out over your whole week. (laughs) Like, I don't know. You know, I'm so... I'm so I'm going through a phase right now. Let's go tangents again. K. Okay, it's been an hour almost already. We can't go two tangents on this. But listen, cast, you're the cast. Listen, mm. fans. I'm so sick of making this podcast right now. <laughs> I love these books. I love sitting down with my best friend and talking about Star Wars. I love making things for somebody to listen to. I don't care what the number is. That does never mattered. Does never matter. No. But I am just so tired of doing the same thing every week, which is just reading Star Wars books. Like, I'm just tired of, you know, I've always got this oppositional defiance inside of me where it's like, you have to do the thing and you have this. I do. You have to do the thing. Well, you hate the thing. (laughs) Even if it's your favorite thing, man, I have to do. I hate that thing. And three years of fighting that off now, we've been late for a month straight. (laughs) Yeah. And one day it's me, and one day it's you, and one day it's me. And now we've concocted this plan where we're going to do this review, we're going to do this preview, and then we're going to record three episodes in a big fat chunk because the next book is ridiculous. Yeah. It's 300 pages, but 100 pages shorter than usual at 36 chapters. So it's about seven pages per chapter. Yeah, it's 10. It's <laughs> crazy.
1: It's 100 pages shorter, but 10 chapters longer.
0: Than this particular book. Yeah. And that means so many episodes. Yeah. Dude. That means we're going to read it for three months. Yeah. And so we're going to fight to stave off this, ooh, I don't know, this layer of just whatever discomfort it is. disquiet this just agony i feel inside every time i try to open up a star wars book that i love <laughs> it's, and write down words for a podcast that i love
1: as soon as someone adds like a <laughs> deadline or like yeah. something that makes it like oh
0: it's become now a, a requirement
1: <laughs> that's, that's good hey we have to do this thing by this time Nah.
0: <laughs> but for three years, we've been killing it. And right yeah. now, we've been not killing it. We're going to smash 100 pages out of this book next week. And we're going to take a little breaky poo personally. Y'all are still going to get episodes. It's going to be dope. We should be doing this the whole time, Jim. <laughs> Why are we doing this every week on, on a restrictive, ah oh, pinching schedule? Ah, every week. Nah. But, anyways. I digress. Tangent over. <laughs> I love this podcast. I love these books. They are, they don't always live up to my memory of them, actually. Mm-hmm. They don't always live up to their potential across a dozen different authors that we've read. That's not true. Although, uh, really. Six? <laughs> 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 One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> this is only the fifth different author. And it's our 13th book. That's not right. No, 19. <laughs> uh, listen, I went on a tangent and everything in my brain went out of my brain. <laughs> Mara's still badass. Don't worry.
1: Yeah.
0: You chopped up Yeoman car real good. Like when she rescues Luke on the surface of Helska 4 where there's coral skippers chasing him and she just yells flying catch and she scoops him up in a bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> Luke then goes on to shove some Yuzhan Vong tech on his head before having a moment with Mara over Chewbacca's death. An entire page done, finally. Oh, my God. In a moment too short, as they recognize in the book. But Luke, re- recognizing, recognizing? Recognizing? Yeah, he recognized. There's a threat out there where he got pulled down by some mysterious gravity machine and almost blown up by a bunch of tiny meteorites. He wants to launch himself in a needle ship through the surface of Helska 4 before the twins steal it away from him. And then it's battle, battle, battle at Helska 4 where Mara faints at the controls of the Jade Saber so Jaina can be a hero. Thoughtful teacher is all. Mm-hmm. Just being nice. Luke saves them with a belly bounce of his own ship. And now at the end of the story, he's got a bug to study. He's got a council to establish. He's got work to do. Luke and Mara show us their strong bond, and feature her Eugene Vong illness. And this whole conversation around like women, femininity, feminism, and having children. What does all this tell us? Well, I think, for starters, you already kind of nailed it. That blows my mind, dude. I hadn't even considered that. Why would she have to fight the thing off, attacking her womb? Why would the special illness that the Yuuzhan Vong created to kill people? Force users? I don't know. I don't know if it's Why would it be attacking her womb? Maybe because there's a person in there. Yeah. Whoa. I don't think it's thoughtfully trying to sterilize her, although maybe that's another way to do it. There doesn't have to be a baby in there. We're just gonna shut it down, anyways.
1: Yeah, maybe that's the whole the whole thing. Oh my god! If you survive, you get no babies, and that reduces resistance but in the I, long run.
0: <laughs> I think it also tells us, like, part of the focus on the story is going to be the way that these two live their relationship. Mm-hmm. Let's watch Luke Skywalker try to have a wife. Yeah, in a major crisis, right? That's gonna be interesting. He's one of our favorite characters. He's a cool guy. He just wants to. Go to down at Tashi station and get some power converters. (laughs) But here he is. He's got got a a sick wife and a whole galaxy to save. Gonna be interesting. But that's it for Luke and Mara. Oh my god. Tangent City. What was your favorite moments of Luke and Mara Jade Skywalker?
1: For for Mara specifically, I like I like her training style of Jaina. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's mm-hmm. just like it. I gave her the wrong coordinates on purpose. Yep. So she can figure it out. See if she panics. I like her style. So you love a good pop quiz.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just let's see what you know. I've been teaching you the whole time here. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Time to test your abilities. I, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. With I, the understanding. I know where I sent her. Yeah. We'll go rescue her. Yeah, You're not in any real danger. Yeah. It's just a surprise problem to be solved.
1: Mm-hmm. See if you panic or not. And
0: I'm sure she probably also gives her presented problems. I'm sure. Right.
1: Yeah. She says, but, how would you deal with this? But you're right. Like what we get of her is like,
0: surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about Luke? What's your favorite Luke?
1: I, I like Luke's interactions and his just being a, or trying to be the best husband slash grandmaster well, not grandmaster. I know. Yet. Right.
0: Well, but yeah, like the, the trying to, you go ahead. Yeah. Trying to <laughs> I, I do have part. that
1: balance yeah. where it's trying to be the good loving husband and the, Hey, I'm your boss at the same time kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. Like I, I, I love I all those interactions go on this
0: mission mm-hmm. as
1: your boss. Yes. Also,
0: it, I love you. So don't be mad at me. It's not for that yeah it's not because i'm your husband and i'm protecting you
1: no it's because the it's best re- you're a
0: jedi and you keep fainting i'm sorry you can't don't yeah. you can't go
1: yeah <laughs> that particular yeah. conversation yeah. was great yeah.
0: that was like a really good summation of their entire you know that it, that it arguments entire journey through the story mm-hmm. which started as don't tell me what to do farm boy and then was i need you to i need I need you to rescue me after I've saved or after I've saved, after I've murdered this very dangerous threat to, I pass out and I pass out to, to you can't, I can't let you go fall down and die somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like I know you're strong. I know you can take care of yourself, but not right now. And we all need to be honest about that. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I, yeah, man, those are good picks for Mara. I pick, I kind of cheated. I picked two things for everybody. Okay. First of all, in a broad sense, I liked her weird illness. Yeah. It was a cool hook to tie the Yuzhan Vong tighter to the family core. Yeah. It's not just a galactic threat. It's not just an external threat. It's very personal. Because mm-hmm. as Naminor reveals, that's his kum spores. Yeah. That's his special grown, researched information on these Jedi special magic disease that he has. Ooh, I almost had the word there like engineered. Yeah. Got it. That he is specifically engineered and she has it. It's personal. It's not just they're taking over the galaxy bad. Yeah. No, they've poisoned my wife and me and my sister, and my aunt, and all of these main characters, right? Like, it's all their yeah. connection.
1: It adds that extra layer of threat, like, as they weren't dangerous enough, but... As if, yeah.
0: <laughs> also, she murders Yomankar, and that's a great <laughs> fight scene, and she is so cool. And that Blorash jelly, she's great. Yeah, part
1: of it, she's stuck in that, and oh, still she's fighting. so good. Miming she's a lightsaber.
0: sick, but determined, and undefeatable.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Excellent. My favorite Luke stuff is the belly bounce. That was wild. (laughs) He flips his X-Wing upside down and just shoots his repulsors. (laughs) Mara and Jaina's ship is falling out of the sky because why is she fainted? It's falling out of the sky, crashing down towards the ice planet. He's just like, boom! (laughs) And just Kirby bounces them back (laughs) up through the atmosphere. That's exactly what he does. Oh, that's cool. But also... He told Jason he's too prideful. Our next characters. Number three. The Yuzhan Vong. That's right. We're going to talk about the villains all grouped together. The Yuzhan Vong, a.k.a. Yuck, Yikes, and Yowzers. <laughs> if I could name these three characters accurately. Or a representation of the hill. We meet three main Yuzhan Vong characters over the course of the book. We get Naminor, the secret hidden infiltrator, political, mm-hmm. insider, instigator. That's a better word. Dude. Yep. We get Carr, the secret hidden infiltrator of Science Camera Station. And Prefect Degara, the man leading the invasion of the Yuzhan Vong. The first two have been hidden in this galaxy for years at least years yeah there's one point where yeoman Carr says the years of anticipation or the years of preparation whatever yeah decades how long have these secret aliens been hidden amongst us already what a scary threat right Mm -hmm. you could be an alien right now you could have I could touch the side of your nose right now and some squid beast would peel away <laughs> and you could be covered in scars and tattoos and kill me right now. <sighs> you better not. No, nah, you better not. I'll try not. I'm not going to touch your nose like that. Yeah. It's pretty intimate you. to be honest. <laughs> it really is. Anyway, okay, no tangents, <laughs> but they've been here for a long time. Who are the Yuzhan Vong? Some kind of alien invaders from another galaxy. They're scarred, they're tattooed, seem to be tortured, droid-hating voids in the Force. They grow and breed all of their technology. All of it. Disguises like we talked about, mouth-breathers, breather, that's a better word. Ships, weapons, communications, general gear, everything is grown and bred for a specific purpose. They are freaky body horror stuff and all of it's bad.
1: It we all points to bad at guys. the same time. <laughs> You're all bad
0: guys. It's bad, it's scary, it's freaky, noisy, it's bad news.
1: Mhm.
0: Naminor has a little cult causing havoc over on ooh, I didn't write it down. Ramamool. Ramamool and Osarian. thanks for the tip yeah (laughs) he's out there causing trouble starting up a civil war so that he can deflect attention away from the outside of the galaxy right that's his whole job nominore is here to start trouble and stop the new republic from looking for what's happening on the edge of the galaxy
1: yeah he he's there to cause chaos (laughs) And... and what's
0: happening on the edge of the galaxy is Yeoman Carr turning all the cameras away from a specific spot on the edge of the galaxy. Ah, for Prefect Degaras, Praetorite Vong, to enter the Star Wars galaxy from outside space. Mm-hmm. They've come from outside space. The cameras get pointed away. The government gets pointed at a civil war and these guys sneak in. It's a good plan. It's pretty freakishly coordinated. Mm -hmm. They're highly coordinated. This giant not asteroid ship and all of the steps to get it in sneakily it's very ominous. It's very S word that I want.
1: I don't know, it's not scary, because you said that a bunch of times.
0: It's really scary, though. <laughs> what do you mean it's not scary? I said it a bunch well, of no, times. Well, no, the word you were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Also, Nominor is a bit of a freak. Mm-hmm. He's w- really well-informed, and he talks about how he poisoned... He sent that d- deadly... Spoon-core <laughs> disease out of the, in the galaxy. But also... He has enough information to meet with Leia Solo dressed as Darth Vader. Yes. Closely enough. Yeah, he's... Reminiscent enough Mm -hmm. for everyone to pick up on it during their meeting, right? He's manipulative, well-informed, well-prepared, and ahead of everybody else. Which is, you know, the entire Yuuzhan Vong invading force. Prefect Agara. Comes into the galaxy on his non an asteroid and lands the world ship, which is not an asteroid, and a Yamask, Yamask, on Helska 4. And we see that crazy monster in action, kang fanging in underneath the frozen surface, deep into the depths
1: of the watery planet. Pickaxes his way through with his tooth.
0: Like machine gun. What's, what's this? Jackhammer. Jackhammer tooth through i'm really lost for words if they're not written on the page here tonight yeah good news we got more pages to read (laughs) they set up underneath the surface they captured danny kui and miko regalia couldn't think of his name (laughs) nice hello epiphany on my face and the yuzhan vong then proceed to torture the heck out of one of them which is quite the torture of a different sort For the other. Mm -hmm. They keep bringing Miko down to the Yamask, which bonds psychologically with his brain and overwhelms all of his actual understanding of reality and makes him think he's about to be eaten alive and he's dying. Like a hundred times.
1: Yeah.
0: And she has to know this and watch the deterioration of her only hope of saviority. Whoa. (laughs) I'm actually not sure uh, what word to insert there. Her only hope of being saved. (laughs) Word. Yeah, I I don't know what. Saviorosity, bro. What do you mean? You don't understand what that means? It's bad news being captured by the Yuuzhan Vong. It seems, Tim, almost like they're bad guys. While they're simultaneously (laughs) ruining Belkadan with bugs... They're smashing a moon in a Cern pedal and murdering Chewbacca. Also, every time any, any anybody from this galaxy comes across them, the Yuuzhan Vong absolutely outperform them, out-technology them. They out-destroy ev- every adversary they come across in just about every encounter. The Kip and his dozen, wha, that's a lot of dead people, isn't it? Mara does well, actually. All right, that's fine. R2-D2, though, I don't know, somehow rolled out of the way <laughs> <laughs> of, of a murderous, psychotic, well-trained warrior. Um, they dominate at Cernpidal, not just the moon, but they show up there also and chase all the refugees away, right? Or they send the bugs or whatever. Uh, they show up at Dubrillian and, and they kick everybody's ass until the kids fly in the asteroid field. And then at Halska until this unknown technology <laughs> shows up from the history that's been rediscovered by Lando and reinvented. And yes, yeah. one oversight, right? This one oversight of this well studied, well prepared invasion force. Yeah. That's their downfall. And it even, it's this- the shot to the heart of the death star. Yeah. The one, the only one thing that it ever could have been. Wasn't that one of the titles of one of the chapters was like the only shot or the only chance you can take or something like that. It was anyways, while you're flipping pages, I'm going to try to vamp, I guess. But these guys are just absolutely dominating the people every time they come across them. And you can't find it. That's fine. But I know that I'm right. It's bad news until Lando's like, Hey, I had this one ship that could do this thing, but it was it almost a lost technology, but I saved it from extinction and I rebuilt a few of these ships and we used them for mining and blah blah blah. I'm the guy for the job. Yeah. The guy who you came to have family vacation with
1: has the perfect
0: tech for you. Wouldn't you know I'm I'm just gonna save the day. I'm gonna provide the gear to save the day. Mm-hmm. you guys all gotta do the job I guess no, still fair.
1: <laughs> yeah he doesn't fight much but he, he does have the tech
0: but for just about everything else other than that tech they seem to dominate yeah every time and then at Halska the planet gets heated up and exploded and they seem to be defeated instead of dominated it dominating
1: dominating
0: <sighs> Everything back here smells like a dog's ass.
1: They are the dominatees in this point, not the dominators. <sighs> <laughs> you sound like you're breathing it in and loving it. Just I gotta get them. out.
0: No, I gotta breathe it out in a controlled way that I don't puke on the microphone. You got a screen. Despite seemingly having been defeated, Nor declares he's off to his next civil war incitement. That's the end of the Yuzhan Vong. Mm -hmm. The Praetorite Vong, the initial invading force that was assumed to be unstoppable and would start the overwhelming process, maybe, in fact, start the uh, uh, onslaught, they're actually defeated Mm -hmm. by, like, a dead technology that you wouldn't know about because you haven't been here long enough. Yeah. And that's... That's that. Nominor's like, I'm going to go somewhere else and do some other thing because I wasn't caught. The other two Yuzhong Vong, like the main characters we met, they're dead. Everybody else at 4 assumed to be dead, chased out by the New Republic. There will be some scattered, maybe remnants, but we're told it's all being mopped up. Yeah. Swept up, cleaned up, wrapped up. That's the Yuzhong Vong, man. Yes. Did I miss Did I miss anything other than a thousand things? Because there's so much to say about these weirdos. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's everything so they much. do
0: is strange and interesting and gross.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I when eventually you ask me about my favorite part, it's gonna be a real <laughs> short answer.
0: Let's cut to it. What's your favorite moment?
1: I I I love them entirely. You cheater yeah
0: i wrote six
1: answers (laughs) (laughs) you did the same thing but more words. yeah
0: man they're just a really cool entry into the series and i think they drew a lot of criticism at the time for being like you're copying the borg i almost called them the bong (laughs) (laughs) you're copying the borg it's it's this technologically advanced irresistible (laughs) what's the what's the oh right futile futilely resisted outside force Mm -hmm. like you're just copying Star Trek maybe but these guys are all scarred up and 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 modified oh wait a sec wait these guys are real pale wait a sec Wait wait all their technology is a living symbiont with themselves. Wait a sec. <laughs> I hadn't considered any of this actually and you're the Star Trek expert. I'm sure there it's I think the vague broad similarities I just painted could be true. Mm. But the Yuzhan Vong seem to be very different in detail to the Borg or not yet. It, it's am I remembering forward or no? Actually, if if
1: because it hadn't come out yet, Star mm-hmm. Trek copied this because No 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 yeah. no, no no no
0: that's not possible. It's very true Tangent time because
1: Whoops. later on in Voyager, there's this species that comes from an extra galactic space. Oh that is all living tech. Their ships are alive. Oh really? Yeah. When? um in in voyager uh i know but it's gonna
0: matter years right because uh, voyager was like 96 7 uh species 8472 is what they're called oh wow
1: um that but doesn't help they they actually destroy the borg because the borg have no idea how to deal with the tech that they have because it's all living right
0: so really what we're talking about is just a bunch of you know, common tropes in science fiction and fantasy, which is actually kind of the xenophobic racist fear of the other. Yeah. I'm afraid this thing I don't know will come in with things I don't understand and threaten my safety. And so we reiterated across stories across history in many different ways. The Borg, the eight four two seven seven <laughs> two. It's 8472? Come on, I got enough of them digits, I got them just out of order. Yeah, you're pretty good. And then the Yuuzhan Vong, you know, it's all boiled down to the same basic human fear of that that which I cannot expect must be the most dangerous possible threat. When was this written? 1999. It was released. Okay. Written, planned, and all that. I, You know, I can't speak to that. Okay, so... I don't know, man. I actually don't remember anymore. But <laughs> you're oh 2 click sounds. Yeah, no, I had it in reverse. That's what I thought because Voyager was. I don't think they ran. They might have ran till two thousand. Uh,
1: they they Did ran they till do, like two thousand two like seven seasons. Yeah, cause, so that would
0: be like two thousand two. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because um the, the species day four seven two was in season three, I which just, was ninety seven.
0: I just will forever remember loving. It. Leavening. Oh, my God. Ah, I'm loving it. It is so late, and we are so far off track so many times. I still have a whole bunch of stuff to read. We're actually talking about a different science fiction series. But, hey, man, if if you like Star Trek, no, if you like Star Wars, and you've never checked out Star Trek, let me tell you, as a guy that doesn't love Star Trek, it's cool. Like, it's actually fun, and it's interesting. Just try it. Mm-hmm. don't hate things for no reason don't just say no mm-hmm. just go try the thing hey it's been made for like 80 years <laughs> why has it had all this longevity yeah the old stuff is really problematic <laughs> and then the older stuff is even more problematic and whatever but if you're a fan of anything just try everything yeah yeah. If if you have if you have a niche,
1: try everything in that niche and some of it will be garbage and you'll throw it away.
0: But some but, of it will also give you a better understanding of the things that you do like.
1: Mhm. I've been a science fan, science fiction fan since Quantum Leap way was, back in the I've
0: been a science fan since mitosis to myself into <laughs> multiple cells. <laughs> My favorite moment. I actually like that. <laughs> Is the Dovin Basils or the Coral Skippers or the World Ship, maybe the Yamis. maybe everything. They smashed the moon into a planet. We're back to Yuuzhan Vong. <laughs> I think those are my favorite things. They are wild. They're scary. They're gross. Yeah. Which is a cool factor. For a villain in Star Wars Jabba the Hutt, iconically gross. hmm Right? Like, it's It's a thing. It fits theme, and they're awful. Also, they they can't be felt in the force, which and we have no understanding of that at the end of this book. Makes them even scarier
1: because our heroes can't do nothing.
0: Yeah, they can't push them. They can't whatever. You can chop them up with a lightsaber. Yeah, but (laughs) as with everything, but it just is another layer of intrigue. These Mm -hmm. Yuuzhan Vong, while defeated, were beaten on a fluke, and we don't understand anything about them. I feel like, you know what, go back and listen to the last series. I feel like I'm saying a lot of the same things. Maybe. There's this threat that we didn't know existed and there's a lot of them and they're amongst us and we don't know anything about them and the Jedi gotta be under control. (laughs) Just, you know, it's okay to have recurring themes and recurring plots uh, amongst your stories but especially because these aren't consecutive to what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. This is 19 books of an outside threat, and then and then another unknown threat pops up for three books, and then a guy does a bad thing for nine books, and then there's another outside, two other outside threats. Oh, my God. All right. The Yuuzhan Vong, that's them. Next, moving on, Tim. Well, I'm sorry. Our fourth and final... Character summary after an hour and twenty-ish minutes. Yep, a lot of lot of nonsense in here. Absolutely, never getting cut. The Solo Children, Grandsonikin and the Wonder Twins. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to remember how to read that word. <laughs> Grandson dash i k i n. I nailed it. Okay, yeah. Grandsonikin and the Wonder Twins. And we start, as I've always dreamed and always wished, with a little bit of story about Janus Solo. Mm -hmm. The book starts on the three women. You know? Awesome. Too late, too little. Disregard. In hindsight, we've still not come far enough in 2021 for it to be too little in 1999. Yeah. Sad as that is... That is the contrast, and that is the aspect ratio. And that is my dog shaking his dog tags. But we start with Jaina. And she's a great pilot. She's a great student. She's a great daughter. And she kicks off the opening of the series. Yes. Jaina in the spotlight. Take that, twin. Maybe she was born first by like 10 seconds or something. Not... If they were different ages, like I tried to remember about different twins before on a different episode, disregard that. <laughs> These two are definitely the same age, but maybe minutes apart. We meet Jason Solo next at a New Republic Council meeting with his master, Uncle Luke Skywalker. Where Jason is arrogant and argumentative, but deeply philo- philosophical. philosophical. <laughs> I know, I knew what it was, but I, just, I realized I hit the wrong vowel there yeah i thought i would lean into it for a good chuckle as if we need more of those Mm -hmm. this far into the episode but that's jason we get introduced to Jaina. she's competent she's powerful she's admired we get introduced to jason he's argumentative he's diminishing the people he's around and he seems to be more of an inward thinker and then finally we meet anakin the energetic, persistent, and probable troublemaker. Definitely. Who has apparently damaged the Millennium Falcon flying too fast on his way back into on Teenagers. Teach them how to drive. They're going to wreck your car. The twins are 16. Anakin is 15. They are kids. But they mm. are the perfect age to start their own young adult fiction hero's journey. Yep. Right? Luke Skywalker was eighteen. They're sixteen. They're fifteen. This is who we're trying to sell these books to. It is what it is. Am I thirty-four? Yep. Is it a fun book? Still, yeah. Is it high literature? That blows my mind. No. Neither is Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's we find good. moments of epiphany mm-hmm. in just the richness of human experience of the commonality of the story that you can tell. Across generations, across genres, that you find these common bits that just resonate. Mm -hmm. That's where it is, even in young adult fiction. But these young adults are ready to take over, as we're being told from the very beginning of the story. Right? They all show off when we go to family vacation at Lando's bumper car party. And then they join mentally through the force. Yeah, in the asteroid belt where Anakin's like touch my brain and they all touch brains and then he kind of takes over everybody's reflexes or like guides them through intuition or they are all connected they link mentally Mm -hmm. and it's amazing it's an amazing force power it's a new thing yeah no one's done it at least not to that level not that any of them know of at least according to everybody involved, right? Mm -hmm. It's a cool force power, but it's also a cool way to balance Jason and Anakin's constant arguments that they've been having throughout the book. They disagree on what it means to be a Jedi. Anakin thinks you're a weapon to solve crimes. And Jason thinks you're a brain to solve problems. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Different way of iterating that, but uh, not wrong. Now, Jason and Anakin having these arguments. They have this joining. They have this experience of fighting off the Yuuzhan Vong in the asteroid belt. And they sort of start coming to each other's point of view.
1: Yeah, they're on their way to the, the balance between the two.
0: Yeah. And then, like, maybe I'm telling this out of order. Now I'm punching the microphone. But also, Anakin gets hit with a rock during an apocalypse. And this leads to Chewbacca's death. It's not even his fault. Nope. A stray rock flying through the air while you're also floating through the air with the Force. Smash him in the head. You want unconscious. Chewbacca had to save your life. Threw you up to the ship and had to stand there and die. But it's your fault. And Anakin, I think, is going to have a heavy emotional arc. I, I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's what's being presented to us here in the first book. The twins support him with hugs and assurances of logic. Can you guess who each came from? But his father, on the other hand, uh, does not. <laughs> A lot of blame is heaped on him at the behest of his father. You got my best friend killed. He died saving you, so your fault. Not like you shot him in the head or anything. like Or like you ran him over with the car that you accidentally crashed on the way into Corsant. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Like... Ah, but it's your fault. And then I was thinking as I was writing this, Mm -hmm. will Jason and Jaina come across any guilt for having not been there? Oh, cause they were just chilling with their mom back at bumper car palace, having a grand time while Anakin, the youngest brother was by himself as the only force user on this mission. That wasn't supposed to be dangerous. But what if they had been there? Easy saves. Yeah. Easily everyone survives. Not the whole planet. Everyone that we care about in the (laughs) character cast. Yeah. Easily. I haven't thought about that, and I don't remember it reading forward. But, like, will they encounter their own guilt over this situation? We don't get time to process it in this book, but they could have been there. But they weren't there. What they, yeah. What could they have done if they were there? A lot, right? A lot. They're, especially together, all three of them, they could have like joined in stuff or something. they could have probably stopped the moon. But nobody <laughs> knew the moon was happening. Right? No, not until it was too late. But will they feel guilty for having not been there? It's Interesting a, It's angle. a real possibility. Interesting angle to be explored, potentially. But there's not much time for feelings. Because it's, like I said, several times, nonstop action from Chewbacca's death to the end of the book. The kids fly shieldless TIE fighters into the battle, uh, Debrillian, and into the asteroid field. And Anakin gets lost for a minute. The twins are heroes when they come back. Then Anakin shoots the guns on the Falcon while Jason and Jaina hijack the main character's mission. Luke Skywalker says, I'm going to fly a needle ship into the crest of this planet. And Jason and Jane go, that's way too dangerous. And they steal it. Yeah. God. <laughs> they steal the ships from their uncle and masters because it was supposed to be Luke and Mara yep. on the mission. Right. And nope. The kids decided we're supposed to be in charge. Actually paying off what we're told in the beginning. Again, the kids are taking over. Yeah. The kids are taking over. The kids are going to bear the responsibility for the losses. The kids are going to bear the celebration for the successes and victories. The yep. kids are in charge now, it's and that's so far. It's Jason, working. Jaina, and Anakin through Vector Prime. Mm-hmm. They start off literally flying the main characters around. <laughs> arguing with the most powerful force user and crashing the best ship in the galaxy. And then they end up in a disparate, separate different of difference of directions is what I meant to say. Okay. Where, uh, what's going to happen with Anakin? What's going to happen with Anakin's guilt? Han Solo's vitriol. Is that going to stop? Is that going to continue? Is it going to get worse?
1: Uh, is Anakin might throw it back and be like, "I had no choice." And
0: like all, there's a lot of conflict, mm-hmm. I- even inherent in the family given to us in the beginning of the book. Like Jason and Anakin don't get along. They get along more as the book goes along. You know, they do the joining, and then they like they also do the the regular run, and they're like, uh, they come to a bit of an understanding of how your force uh, philosophy could benefit mine as well if we just could blend them. But they don't quite think that far ahead they come to a point where jason uses his logic which is like his strength mm-hmm. to comfort anakin after he's killed Chewbacca. he chose to float flow, flow? <laughs> he chose to fly away he had to choose that yeah he didn't just it wasn't an accident he didn't accidentally turn shoot, the ship and shoot somebody through an ejector seat up through some uh, telephone wires <laughs> he chose to save everyone on that ship except for Chewbacca. Yeah. And you know what? Favorite moments, that's my favorite Anakin moment. He was an exemplary hero. Yeah. At the hardest time. Yeah. There it that's that's there's no harder choice unless it's your parent's sister or brother. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like we said before, right? This is the character that you could kill. You this is the character you could get away with killing the most with the least amount of backlash. Yeah. If you go past Chewbacca to even Jason, Jaina, Anakin, Luke, Mara, Leia, Han, you're toast. Yeah. If you get no more sales, Star Wars dies a horrible death. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, you know, stick that on the youngest kid. Who's already seems to be in trouble the most. Yeah. You know, that's my favorite Anakin moment. You want me to keep going? I'll keep going. Yeah, go ahead. Don't mind if I do. I got one for each.
1: I have one for all three.
0: My favorite for Jaina. Well, good for you. You understood the assignment is the annoying phrase I keep hearing on the internet lately. Hate it. And I'm like, you people just keep repeating things that you see on memes. Like my children Mm -hmm. take words, mix them into an interesting concoction instead of repeating the same phrase, ad infinitum. I don't think I pronounced that correctly, but we all know what the hell I was trying to get at. I got it. Jaina, after being belly bumped out of a nosedive to death while her aunt is unconscious at the wheel of the ship, Jaina manages to scoop her brother's Rocketing Needle ship out of the air and instantly hyperspace jump away. She is the baddest pilot. <laughs> she yeah. is the baddest pilot. No questions asked. 25 minutes in the asteroid belt. Unstoppable. Jason. My favorite moment of Jason was him comforting Anakin and then having to run away before he broke down into tears. Yeah. Yeah. He's just such a cerebral dude. All the time, he's in his head. He's thinking. He's considering. He's philosophy. And for him to, you know, use all of that logic to help his brother's emotions, and then his own emotions are too overwhelming. He has to run away. We're teenagers. Yeah, that was nice. Mm-hmm. That was excellent.
1: What about you? And and that goes to. Um, my favorite moment of the three of them together is all three of them in that scene. Yeah, you get to see all three of their personalities. You're how, right. How they would truly interact with each other, yeah. with, with the you got the logic from Jason, you got the the hugs and and like and heart and heart from Jaina and, and teammate. Yeah, yeah, you got all of those three together.
0: That and then that's, with Anakin just being like. I did what I had to do yeah. telling his brother and sister. I killed our uncle. Yeah. But I had to, if I didn't do that, I'm dead. He's dead. Dad's dead. 5,000 people on the ship are dead or however money. Yeah. Like that's all you're, you're, you. Wow. Dude, you're killing me tonight. You're on it, dude you picked the perfect scene that was so exemplary for each of their characters. And the way you broke it down is so right. (laughs) Like,
1: dang,
0: it's just, but it all comes at the cost of Chewbacca's death. Mm -hmm. And it comes at the cost of breaking the family apart a little bit, a little bit, a little bit with this grief, with this suffering, with this pain, with these losses, And at the end of the book, that's it. For NJO, New Jedi Order, Book 1, Vector Prime, by R.A. Salvatore. Very fun story, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I really like this book a lot. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to do the thing. We're not going to rate it out of 19. (laughs) But like... Like, this is a good book. Has, even as a standalone book, as just a, a fully encased story. It sets up well in the beginning, moves strong through the middle, and goes hard through the end to a solution that maybe wasn't the most satisfying mm-hmm. way to solve the problem. But nonetheless, yeah, it's science fiction. <laughs> and you're going to sometimes solve the fiction with the science <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that maybe we didn't get to talk about, but it, ha- it was hinted at, you know, throughout the book, like Lando's out here with all these very specialized modified ships. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was a good story. I, I thought it was I, a good book. I thought it was a,
1: the, the descriptions of the years Vong were great and how they deal with things and just, Who they are as a people.
0: They are, though, like a stereotype of, you know, fanatical Neanderthals. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and, and we'll come to see how much more they get nuanced and, and figured out as 18 more books unfold. But they are a bit of a. Almost problematic sort of trope, but they are horrifying in this book mm-hmm. in good ways. Yeah. They are so gross. They are so scary. They are so dangerous. from for many different dimensions. Yeah. Naminor is, is the is the political manipulator behind the scenes. He's dangerous in his ways. He's creating diseases. He's creating civil wars. He's creating unrest within your stability of your government. Kar is out there, a murderer, biting through electrical cables, right? Psycho. (laughs) And Prefect Degara is the leader of 10,000 more psychos. With this brain worm tentacle beast that is telepathic. They're so scary. Yeah. They're so freaky. And this book is all about setting up the next generation of Star Wars. We're done talking about what's in in the galaxy. It's time to open up. It's time to broaden our stories. We're going to bring in all the kids. All the kids of the heroes that we know. We're going to meet the next generation and... Watch them become heroes helping the old stalwarts fight off a mysterious enemy with mysterious technology from a mysterious place. The kids are heroes. The adults are suffering. But the Vong are defeated. Right, guys? That's what it looks like. Right? I suppose we will find out. In New Jedi Order 2, Dark Tide 1, Onslaught by Michael A. Stackpole. The first book in a quick duology. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean, Tim?
1: Yeah, we get the same writer for two straight books.
0: For the first time in three years of doing this podcast, of 19 books, we have never read the same author twice in a row. <laughs> the nine book series that we read, the two of them back to back, alternated through three different authors, mm-hmm. cycled through them one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, and then again in the next series with a replacement. Yep, on two different note, on two. <laughs> We're about to have a guy write two books in a row cohesively yeah coherently consecutively for the first time in forever canon history it's been three years
1: we have a history
0: thank god oh my god (laughs) thank god i've been reading wheel of time on the side (laughs) (laughs) 15 books by one dude mostly till he died then there's a couple that are filled in the blanks mad libbed I can't believe that. And it's going to happen a few times in the series. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of duologies. There's also repeat authors, but I'm not sure how many of them are consecutive. But we're about to start one of two, man. What excites you most about that? Let's go broad for a second. I'll talk. The thing I just said. the, The potential... Of continuity over a bigger arc. Yeah. One person telling a concentrated, uninterrupted story over two whole books. Might only be 600 pages, which is really just a book and a half <laughs> <laughs> in our regular Star Wars Power Lance right? But man, that's for me.
1: Yeah, no, that's... I'm I'm excited to see what somebody can do with two full books to write. It's a full story in itself. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. And it's at the
0: beginning of this arc of of this new series where there's so much more to still build and establish and you're going to do it coherently in Mm -hmm. two books. If you want to go back to the last series, that was a complaint. Yeah. A little bit incohesive after one guy died of a heart attack it happens. Wow. But just even in general, like I'm excited to have the same authorial voice and tempo, pace, structure, uh voicing, like word choice. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same for two books. Now, yeah. I'm going to complain about that. Okay. 300 pages, 36 chapters. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. We're going to be reading these two books for about six months. Hence the plan and complaining from before. Cause there is no end. There is no stop. <laughs> there is only star Wars.
1: <laughs> yeah. We laughed about it at the beginning. Crazy
0: of this. again, man. This has been a long podcast. Yeah. It is so late. We had to settle the dog down. We had to settle us down. We had so many tangents. We're clearly not settled down. Oh, but it's time to start looking at the next book. Yes, New Jedi Order Book Two: Dark Tide One Onslaught released February first, the year two thousand. And let's have a look at the front cover art. There's some sort of large ship versus X-Wings. Some people on the ground, some crews scuttling around. It looks frantic. It looks sort of hectic. What is on that big ship?
1: What is on that big ship?
0: What is on that big ship? I want you to take a closer look, Tim. And I want you to give me your first opinion before I give mine. There's some sort of red pluming something. It looks like blood,
1: actually. It does
0: look like blood. At first I thought explosions, even. And then I thought, grab it again and look a little closer. I think it looks like coral. Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. That's
1: a nice representation. Doesn't it?
0: But it also looks like explosions, and you made it cool. It looks like blood. Yeah. Which is very emblematic. But it's a gigantic ship. I do need that back, yeah. A gigantic ship with a bunch of frantic-looking X-Wings and New Republic, you know, representation. Mm Mm-hmm. And this gigantic ship seems to be covered in coral. Now... We've had trouble with this once in the past, but I've previewed it and it's fine. So let's read the back cover of the book. Where it is a perilous time for the New Republic. Just when unity is needed most, mistrust is on the rise. Even the Jedi feel the strain as rogue elements rebel against Luke Skywalker's leadership. When alien invaders known as the Yuuzhan Vong Strike without warning, the New Republic is thrown on the defensive. (laughs) Luke must wield all the awesome powers of a Jedi Master to defeat the gravest threat since Emperor Palpatine. As Leia Organa Solo and Gavin Darklighter lead desperate refugees in a fighting retreat from Yuzhan Vong forces, Mara Jade Skywalker... Jedi Apprentices Jason and Anakin Solo and Jedi Knight Corrin Horn find themselves tested as never before by a faceless, implacable foe determined to smother the light of the New Republic forever beneath a shroud of darkest evil. It's more fun when you go up at the end of every sentence. Mm -hmm. It sounds more like a... Like a Flash Gordon serial like <laughs> like what Star Wars was based on. You know? Anyways, that's the summary of the next book. Sounds like Leia and Gavin versus ref versus refugees <laughs> and the Yujon Vong. Because you know these people aren't gonna get along. Mm-hmm. Like these people that they're trying to save, you know that's not just they're not just gonna love to be saved. In whatever way that you need to be saved. Also, being chased by the Yuzhan Vong. Yeah. Wait a second. I thought we were just easily handily mopping them up. Turns out, it's 18 more books. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like we're going to get Mara, Jason, Anakin, and Cornhorn versus... Test? Yeah. Some um, Some sort of test. Perhaps. Test from the WWF. (laughs) Test. Test. This is a test. Great entrance music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds like Luke versus being a master. Yeah. Oh, the, the Jedi. They won't listen.
1: Yeah, he's got some issues coming for sure.
0: Now, here's a question for you, Tim.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let me recap all those names I said. I said Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I said Jade Skywalker. I said Leia. I didn't say Han. No. Interesting. I said Jason. I said Anakin. I said Cornhorn. I said Gavin Darklater at one point. You know who I didn't say? Yeah. Twin sister, Jaina Solo
1: does it all she's off with Han somewhere
0: maybe why am I whispering now because it's so late and I'm so tired yeah <laughs> it's, it's been almost, going so long
1: I think it's almost tomorrow <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's almost tomorrow for dreams to come true I love Rudolph anyways I think I just made the dog wolf it sounds like there's a lot happening in this book Sounds like Luke has a challenge, and Leia has a challenge, and Mara and the Jedi have a challenge. Maybe Jaina, maybe on. But it sounds like it's on again. The Yuzhan Vong are not Yuzhan gone. That was really hard to get right. <laughs> I didn't know it wasn't written. And it's on. It's on Slot, yes, I waited until your face registered the disgust <laughs> of knowing what was coming. Yes, it is next week when we cover New Jedi Order, Book Two. Don't act like you didn't like that. I did, Dark Tide One Onslaught, chapters one through four. I'm Justin, I'm Tim Vong Slot. <laughs> Should I sing it like Trogdor? That sounds vulgar. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com Forever Cannon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.